When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What's up? Welcome to episode number 391 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by Mr. Sylvester Stallone himself, Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing? Your teeth are back. My, my teeth are back. <laughs> what is happening? Um, yeah, he's calling me that because my the left side of my mouth, like the lower lip and chin area, is swollen. Mm-hmm. So when I smile, that lip doesn't move while the other side dips down. So you can see my teeth on one side and yeah. not on the other. Yeah, but I'm back, baby. You're back. Did that Do hurt? It. No. Well, maybe. Oh, I, I'm on painkillers. It's fine. <laughs> that, so that's, that's a very important caveat to have before running down. <laughs> that also explains why Mason Miller is where okay. he is. Okay. Uh, I explained it thoroughly. <laughs> and I went over it in the SP roundup. And yes, yeah, sure, I could have played it conservatively and put him a tier two tiers later. I put him at the end of one, and then I could have put him underneath Justin Steele, and I thought about it for a while. But sometimes fast. You gotta take a risk. You know, you, you, you think to yourself, who do you think I am? <laughs> you I are. Am. it's good to be back we're obviously we apologize for the two-day delay but listen nick never misses any of this stuff so we're happy to have you back i speak i I, I can't believe i missed anything i didn't miss miss the roundup by the way you didn't miss the roundup i didn't miss the roundup didn't miss the streamers it was shocking yeah and thanks to alex fast by the way i'm sure all of you really enjoyed his plus pitch podcast. I think he did my ASMR job. plus pitch blood. <laughs> I think I think he did such a good job, and it makes me sad that like I don't know. We used to do this in tandem a bit with the first pitch, mm. and uh, you do the weekends. I would do the weekdays, and you know, it's just I just add it to the board of my goals is to make sure that the people have their daily Alex fast in some way it's, in the future. Yeah, it's so funny. I was talking to Liz Brozdowski a couple of days ago, and he was like you don't do this for a living? And I was like, God, I, I wish. She was like, you don't do ES- I thought you just did ESPN and PitcherList for a living. And I was like, no, man, I work like a nine to six. Yeah. And so do, everyone thought I was do, whispering do because the baby. Week and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone great. thought the, I was whispering because the baby was asleep, but I was literally in a quiet room and my boss walked by and I was like, you know, uh, uh, Lucas Giolito looks really good. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So tell the people what you really wanted to say about Jesus Lazardo. Uh, what I really, uh, you know, obviously, if Nick was not in pain, I would have been a little more petty about how crazy it was where he was on the list, but I wasn't. I just stuck to the facts, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to stick to the facts. I'm very happy to be back yeah. with you to be talking about the list. When, we're going to break it when down. Fast says that he means the, the facts I sent him. Uh, <laughs> no. Today. Yeah. Oh, about oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, that's all I have now. It's just a fax machine. I don't have the internet. That's what happens when you get on the IL. I love they don't give you anything. Nick. 
Painkiller Nick is so good. Um, all right. So uh, we, we've got a lot to get to today. we got a new version of the list. We're going to run it down per usual. i got a new... Uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna t- I, I was going to do one about like teeth and stuff. I'm not. You've had enough. I don't want to even make light of it because that's not fun. Um, so what my category was, is today, Okay, fast. It was heck, man. Yeah, all I know. Right, I'm sure. With a star in there. They didn't mm-hmm. give me the painkillers I should have had because they accidentally didn't let me know that the prescription went through for me to pick up. I got a total of 10 hours of sleep from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. It was it was just absolute pain. I watched I watched the Uncharted movie. It's terrible. Oh god. But I needed something that was just dumb that was yeah. there in front of me as I like woke up at three and was alternating every 10 minutes of putting a new ice cube in my mouth oh to my try and god. give me anything else that would make my gums not pulse with pain for hours i was so I was you decided going like mentally nuts you decided yeah. to the, the way you decided to calm down was by watching something that puts people in as much pain as you were in by it watching was, the uncharted it was movie? it was i needed to not feel bad for not paying attention oh okay yeah yeah yeah. you know but like things are going on that my adhd self could like oh they're things sure you know that but i like right. i didn't actually want to watch it when i would have focus you know uh, yeah yeah um yeah well, let, uh, the category is not going to have anything to do with that. The category today is going to be, um, and I, we might have done something similar to this in the past, but it made me laugh when I was taking a walk earlier, which is the categories are uh, characters that you would want to play you, not the general you, but you, Nick Pollock, in your biopic. Oh okay. Because I can't wait to hear both what number one is and what <laughs> tier 13 is. Like who the worst <laughs> actor to play you. <laughs> would be um so so that's gonna be our 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 tier we're gonna jump in right at tier one here this is one through six we got some we got some risers here number one garrett cole number two shane mcclanahan number three spencer strider number four shohei otani love to see it number five luis castillo and number six jacob Degrom. what's it called and why is it called that paul red paul red yeah yeah that's that's the dream that i mean come on yeah. How, how could that not be the best? That's Who wouldn't want red. that? Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Love that. And I feel Big like there, there's some other guys I could have gone with, but I feel like they're too Hollywood. Yeah, need more too much. Earth. Like, yeah, I, I need Paul Rudd. Oh God, honored, so cool. Yeah. Honored, you chose one of us tribesmen to come play you. <laughs> honored, <laughs> honored. Um, he's, now he's, he's, I mean, he's the best. He's, he's yeah, he's our favorite. There's, there's Did really you, like, not. Me, too, wait, you met Paul Rudd, didn't you? I saw him walking in like not even Woodstock, New York. It was like a town next to Woodstock, New York, and I was like, that's Paul Rudd. Um, next to Woodstock, New York, was like, that's what they. No, no, that's what the town says, like as their slogan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. not next quite. Woodstock. Not quite Woodstock. It's you almost made it to Woodstock. That's the name of the city. Oh, um, not a lot of surprises, obviously, in this tier. I mean, listen, Shane McClanahan coming off, you know, both a fantastic and frustrating performance. Fantastic because it was the highest CSW performance of the year so far, the top 10 overall. Frustrating because it was 80 pitches and the Rays were like, you know, the game's out of hand. Good job. So really we not too many surprises. Innings, like, it's fine. Yeah. Six innings. And you know what's kind of funny too? Jacob DeGrom, who rounds out this tier at number six, was like, Oh, you guys were worried yeah, about my wrist. And you think McClanahan can do that? Like, fine, check this out. And pretty much and then matches the CSW. Strider right after that. Yeah. It was, it was kind of funny. Like, three straight days of like guys being, Psh, I'm the best. No, I'm the best. And now, they're neither of them are SP1. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's funny. Well, Garrett Cole's been great too. It's been, it's, it's funny that you 
bring that up too because it has not all been roses for uh, pitchers, right? There have been a shocking amount of blowups. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, we're dealing with injuries, but we're also dealing with guys who like games have just gotten away from them. And I'm curious before we move on to tier two of your thoughts there. Don't 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 say the PC. Oh, you don't think it's that PC. I feel like it's a cop out. Hmm. You know, we we've seen players underperform all the time. This isn't a new thing necessarily that good pitchers are doing badly. They're actually in 2016. I called it the plague of the 19. Mm. Um, It's in the glossary. It was just literally all the 19 aces had something wrong with them. I called it the plague of the 19. It's uh, look, the fact that they're not always messing up uh, to me is an indication. That's not the pitch clock. I feel like we have something that says, Oh, here's something new that in our heads would spin into a reason that people would mess up. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't, I can't adhere to that because we have no like actual data that is saying intrinsically, yes, he is doing worse because of the pitch clock. Uh, correlation is not causation necessarily. Yeah. There are a lot of other factors that go into these things. Sure, I, I imagine for somebody it is that, but I can't just kind of throw up my hands and be like, "Well, the analysis is done, pitch clock, and that's it." You know, I, I, I just can't do that. Well, there's a lot of nuance, right? I mean, like it's so contextual. Oh, I think for Luis Garcia, it's the opposite, where he publicly said at the beginning of the year, "Like I'm going to struggle with this," and then now he seems like to kind of have figured out oh, these well, past Luis two Luis Garcia is oh, that's different. That's not see that the pitch clock isn't why Luis Garcia is good again. No, no, but what I'm saying is it's that that's kind of the point that I'm proving the that there's so much context involved. But Luis Garcia did say that the pitch clock sure. did play a role in it, right? right. Now that he's the opposite end of, this, of the, to bring it back to the guys who are struggling, I do wonder. And you're right, you cannot say the pitch clock equals poor performance. But I do wonder if the game, which already moves very quickly to pitchers, is getting sped up as a result. The one example that I'll give, but I'll, I'll let you get back to your point, is Kyle Bradish yesterday. There he was. He <laughs> obviously he got blown up, right? He got absolutely blown up. Yeah, there wait, were a few... Did you say something on the plus pitch about Kyle Bradish? Did you not go back to the person who tweeted at me and see what I said to him? No. I yeah, I, I can't say it on the podcast because it would get bleeped. Uh, but he, um, someone was upset at you because no, 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 no. They reached out to me and they said, you know, I, I, I agree with Alex. He should be in the questionable start tier, and Nick doesn't have any teeth and can't say anything. Uh, and then <laughs> right in, right into the start, uh, I sent him a message. Essentially, said, "Well, poop." Um, <laughs> but so, I'm, but the, I'm not the, happy that I, you know, was right there. But the example but, I yeah. want to give about him, though, is that he there was a strike three call that should have been a strike three that would have gotten him out of an inning or actually gotten the yeah. second out. He didn't get it. He had to walk around the mound. He had to take a look and then smiled and then like went back to the, you know, to, uh-huh. to pitching and then got shelled some more. Now, listen, I'm not going to give Kyle Bradish that out. A lot of that was poor pitching. But I do wonder. And again, like you said, you can't say it's exactly it. I do wonder if that is playing a part as to why now there, I, what i've also heard on the other side is that for a lot of hitters they hate it you know they, they become more yeah they become more robotic and not actually understanding the real chess match that goes on that we talked about so much that one of the biggest joys of the game they feel like they get removed a bit from it mm-hmm. uh and i think someone was saying it's essentially you remember eight seconds until you forget the next pitch or so and i if you know with this pitch clock happening those eight seconds are actually you're still there 
Yeah. Um, which is fascinating to me. So I can't conclusively say I uh, that uh, that it's affecting the pitchers more than the hitters here too. Um, yeah. It, it just it just doesn't sit right with me to do this, and and maybe that's why certain pitches are bad from certain guys. I don't. I can't really tell you that. But what I can tell you is okay. At least we can say this pitch is worse. This pitch is better. This is bad luck. This is not, and so on and so forth, and go from there instead of having the the conversation about pitch clock affecting things. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to tier two because we got plenty more pictures to talk about here. It's a, it's a larger tier, a bigger tier two than we usually see. It's seven through nineteen. We have Corbin Burns who falls five. Sandy Alcantara, Kevin Gosman, Aaron Nola coming in at number eleven. Is Zach Wheeler followed by Max Scherzer, Christian Javier, Max Fried, Dylan Cease, Zach Gallen. Number seventeen is Julio Urias. Eighteen is Yu Darvish, and rounding out the tier at nineteen is Joe Musgrove. What's it called, and why is it called that? All right. Um, I, I'm I'm debating between like the Hollywood dude that's like, oh, that man. Mm. Or the person that everyone, if there's one, okay, fast, if there's one celebrity that you think I look like, who is it? Tilda Swinton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you found me out. <laughs> She's preparing for her My best role yet. <laughs> Uh, do you actually have an answer? Do you? No, actually, I don't. I'm there's someone that to... multiple people have said. I'm just gonna say that's tier two. It's Adam Driver. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah, I, 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 at first I was like, I don't know, but I'm like, I, I stand now, I, and I'm cool with that. I think he would do a wonderful job. He would do great. I when so, I when I close my eyes, I see it. Um, there's so the not... way I the way I see it. There is an ideal of Adam Driver, and yeah. this tier two guys could be that ideal. I like that. I do like that. Um, the one thing that we should talk there's two things we should talk about. One, Corbin Burns is just clearly not 100%, and that's probably why he's falling a little bit, because until yeah. he shows that he is 100% and he can deal the way that he needs to deal, then, you know, that's difficult, right? Um, the other thing that I want to talk about, because again, there aren't too many movers and shakers in this tier, your favorite <laughs> thing, movers and shakers, every time, <laughs> is would you so. You Darvish is, I believe, I'm not positive, but I believe he's scheduled to start in the Mexico City series this weekend. Um, I'm pretty certain that that is going to be the case. But there are obviously going to be a, if, even if it's not you Darvish, there are going to be people who are present on this list who are scheduled to start, right? I believe the Mexico City series starts, what, the this weekend, right? You know, you know when I hear the Mexico City series, you know what my feelings are? What? There's going to be no sackcast data. That might be a good thing. Okay, so right now Why? the Mexico City series would be Joe Musgrove and Yu Darvish. Those are the slated. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know more things. So <laughs> Why do I not want to know more things, Pat? Well, because here, here's my concern. It's also Sean Manaya and Alex Cobb. Ugh, well, tough. is it Sean Manaya though? Yeah, who knows now with the way that is ridiculous. What is this? I know it's so Why? The guy frustrating. shows up. Like, hey, I'm much better as a pitcher now than I've ever been. Cool. Go to the bullpen. Let's put in Ross Stripling, who's been struggling the entire year. But now, who, who knows what's happening? And you have like, Alex the the, Wood, who's hurt. Like, I don't get okay. it. Okay. I don't get it. But <laughs> the reason I want to bring it up is I believe that Mexico City's altitude is 2,600 feet higher than Oh, Pulse. right. You're saying, yeah, yeah. You're saying the ball's going to fly out. Fly. I and mean, fly. we're talking about a ball. worse course. Work. Yeah. So, you, Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Alex Cobb. Course Cobb. might. <laughs> course might. 
That's the way to refer to it. Yeah, for sure. Are you starting any of them in Coors Might? Who are they going against? It's Giants Padres. Yeah, what the heck? I, that's re- I mean, the good news is it's Saturday, Sunday, so you can kind of dictate like it's, if you're really ahead. I I kind of feel you just start aces. You start them in core. You know, I would start them in cores. God, I know, but you would think about it. You probably wouldn't start. Ch- no, you wouldn't start Chabanaya no matter what in core. Like oh, no, at no, no, the no, moment. I'm sorry, I'm saying like Darvish and Musgrove. What about Cobb? Nah, it's so tough. Also against it's- the Padres. I mean, I know the Padres have. Are they really good offense anymore? I don't. What's going on? It's Sam Machado certainly is struggling. Juan Soto, hi. He's he is I pitch think the poster man. I'm telling you, pitch clock. It that's it is that's what he said in the in that interview I on know, ESPN. I'm telling you, that's what it is. All right, let's move on to tier three here. Um, again, not many people following too uh, much. Excuse me, you're not what? saying the thing you normally say. What is there anyone that we oh, skipped sorry, over sorry, that you like sorry. to yeah, mention? Bit, 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 bit. No, I'm good. Let's go to tier three. <laughs> Tier 3, 20 through 26. Uh, Framber Valdez, Joe Ryan at number 21. Then Pablo Lopez, followed by Clayton Kershaw. Jesus Lazardo falls 3 to 24. Freddie Peralta and Shane Bieber. What's it called? Why is it called that? All right. This is the Ryan Reynolds one. Um, and like I feel like these are like the the shiny, the shiny guys. You know, mm. like they're like, yeah, they've got the nice teeth. They're they're winning you over. Um, they want to, you know. Look, Joe Ryan is here. And Pablo Lopez. Every time I say that, I feel like I'm doing a roast. Joe Ryan is here. And, uh, you know, you got Clayton Kershaw, who's just kind of killing it. Freddie Pro yeah. look great again tonight. I am very worried about Shane Bieber. Um, I think that Shane Bieber, the last two starts, has not had his slider. And when you don't have your slider, that's like the only good pitch that's working for him. Then what are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, his strikeout rate has gotten way down. I mean, any anticipation of a 25% plus strikeout rate from Shane Bieber right now is kind of out the door. And then uh, there's someone named Jesus Lazardo, uh, who I don't think has pitched as poorly as the Lions have suggested the last two starts, especially against the Phillies. I mean, he had that. And then, like, it was a ridiculous final inning that ruined that one. Um, but, I mean, yeah, these are these are solid guys who could all earn aces going to ace tags in the near future. The thing about uh, that scares me with Luzardo is he has not been efficient at all, right? He's been yeah. really, really racking up the the pitch counts, and you don't really like to see that. The one person that I really want to focus on in this tier, though, is is Pablo Lopez, right? I mean, he we we know that he's always going to have like one or two blowups over the course of the year. Usually, it's against the Mets. It should not be against the 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 Nats, right? And the velo is a little bit of a concern, right? So. I imagine, you know, he doesn't fall too significantly. He actually doesn't fall at all. Uh, he stays at 22. No, I, I, flip, I flipped uh, him and Joe Ryan. You flipped him and Joe I Ryan. I think I did. I believe I did. Or at least I did the previous week. Yeah. Right. No, right now yeah. I see a blue for, for not moving at all. He's still at 22. Right. Um, there some other shift in. Go- yeah. Joe Ryan goes up plus two. Yeah. So so I moved him on below. I, I pulled down Luzardo mm-hmm. underneath. And then I moved Ryan over uh, Lopez, okay. just so, for reference here. Now, it's funny, too. It looks like just overall, this new slider wasn't really there for him in that start, right? The feel was kind of yeah. gone. It wasn't anywhere that he needed it to be. Are you just kind of chalking it up to like, all right, just move on. He didn't have a slider, and we'll, 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 we'll get him next well, time. Well, no, his velocity was down a tick and a half. So, like, he wasn't at 95 in this one. It was 93.5, which is what Pablo Lopez did last year. 
And I'm not ready to just say, oh, that's it. The velocity is gone. It's like a Cinderella magic and it's 1201 or something. No, um, I'm not ready to just give up on that. But I recognize that Joe Ryan's fastball is just that good and he has more potential left. Okay. with uh, the splitter and slider the splitter wasn't that great against the Yankees got strikes but still hung and the slider really hasn't come together that's why these guys don't have the aces gonna ace label yet and I hope to give it to them in the near future where I truly believe that they've unlocked their potential it is so reassuring nowadays to you know to to switch gears to see pitchers take care of offenses that they should take care of you know Pablo Lopez sadly wasn't able to do it against the Nationals but Freddie Peralta did it tonight against the Detroit Tigers. He picked up 22 whiffs, picked up seven on his four-seamer. He picked up eight on his slider. 22 schmetty two, says McShane and DeGrom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's fun. Oh, that must be so yeah. cute. Um, he just worked super well with that four-seamer and slider combination, just jamming righties up and in, slider down and away. And the Tigers, who, again, actually quite literally i believe the worst offense of baseball at the moment yeah. right now weren't really wow. able to do anything <laughs> was, was that that's like they are the, now that's kittens? The roar. yeah yeah exactly oh, okay. that's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. what it is yeah I, I didn't know if you were implying that those were fighting words on my part no, or if that they was, are now kittens. that's how they sound yeah 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 again big fan of painkiller nick um <laughs> it's also late you got you got like a mix of delirious nick and uh, and like the Tylenol painkiller. Oh I'm not doing. I'm no, no. I'm not doing the. No, no, no. They won't give me the. Uh, they, no, no. I, I refuse to get like the oxy and the and the hydro okay. ones. Like this Just is a step like you're below a purple that. drink. No. Uh, no. That's very funny. I'm fine. <laughs> okay. That makes but, me laugh. Uh, but yeah, Peralta's Peralta looked good. And it's really nice to see that after him having two starts of not really getting it done, but it didn't seem like in those starts that Peralta wasn't good. Like that's that's often what happens when I watch these starts is you guys will know if I get scared because hmm. there's something that I can really attach to. Like, oh man, wow, he cannot locate at all. He doesn't have his X. He his velocity is way down. You know, they are limiting him pitch count. There are all these reasons for us to be negative on someone, but sometimes like a guy does poorly. And I'm just like, I don't know, like this was it didn't sure. go his way. And I think about um, generally a pitcher is going to have three types of starts, like a third of his starts are going to be excellent. A third of them are going to be terrible. And a third of them are going to be in the middle ground that can go either way. That's generally a rule of thumb you can apply. The best pitchers are the ones that really take advantage of those middle ones. And sometimes it's just like you just do what you can and it doesn't work out. And I felt like that's how it was for Freddie Peralta last two starts. Felt like that for Jesus Lazardo a little bit. Mm. Um, and it felt like that with Mason Miller a little bit. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, Freddie Peralta is still good and he's healthy. And that's a very good thing. Uh, any other people you want to talk about in this year before we go to the next one? I uh, No, I, I, I am good. And I, actually, I, I do have this really amazing story to tell you. Oh, <laughs> you can hear it in your voice that you're about I to do it. I don't have one. I don't have a story. You don't have to stick around after the break, but you should. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. 
Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. I've heard some great stories in my time, uh, but Ooh. man, that, that one that one took great. the cake. Great, great. great job. Great oh, job, Proust. Uh, all right. Tier <laughs> four, 27 through 36. Uh, Nestor Cortez, Drew Rasmussen, 29 is Sonny Gray. George Kirby, Hunter Green, Reed Detmers at 32. Logan Gilbert, then Logan Webb, Alec Manoa, and rounding at the tier, Nick Lodola. What's it called and why is it called that? If you want it to be a good job, like playing Nick Pollock in this movie, it's got to be Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> okay, so still a like, good. You know, no, but you know, like he's, you know, he's he, he kind of looks like me. He's got the height. He's got the paleness <laughs> and he's going to do it right. You know, so I mean, I feel like a lot of these guys in tier four, you know, they're not the flashy like it's not the ideal of Paul Rudd. You know, it's not Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, I can't even say his name anymore, <laughs> with his charm necessarily. Mm-hmm. But Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, this is gonna work. That's why you've got Nestor Cortez and Drew Rasmussen and Sonny Gray and George Kirby, etc., etc. Let's start with Sonny Gray, who has just looked like one of the best pitchers in baseball so far this year. He's got a .62 ERA, which is funny that it's not even top five at the moment among qualified <laughs> pitchers. He's got a 249 expected ERA, which is 12th best. The, the, some of the most impressive things are a, a career, or you know, small sample size theater here, of course, but a career high swinging strike rate at 13% with a 29% K rate. A lot of those swinging strikes coming off of the curveball and the, the slider, just really featuring that curveball a lot in the early goings of the season. Yeah, uh, the there's a great article about fan graphs on him about fan graphs today that you guys should check out as well. I mean, is this. Is this for real? Are you buying this over the course of the season for Sonny Gray? I thought you were going to say, like, there's a great article about fan graphs written by Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray. He's like, I love baseball. I oh, love stats. Just, wow, there's this site. Um, this curveball has really been the hero um, this year. And it was really nice to see in his last start. The cutter really uh, taking shape with 34% usage. That was 19% more than his season average. 31% CSW. I just did a really good job. Overall, with that pitch, uh, and but the curveball, I mean, last start, seventy percent strike rate. Like, he's in a groove right now, mm-hmm. and I'm a little skeptical that Sonny Gray can maintain that groove. He's not someone over the years that I would think is consistent start to start. He has been a bit of the undulator of just these swings of being like one of the better guys and then one of the worst. Um, he, uh, not one of the worst, but just unsustainable sure. um, or undependable. I I think it was 2020 when he had I mean that was with the Reds right when he just went berserk for a bit um where he had his really then, good season overall you know, it was like half and half or like so good and so bad I mm. uh, but yeah I mean Sonny Gray to me right now I love this I love that he has the curveball going as long as Sonny Gray has that like last year we saw success with fastballs and we saw that also in 2021 at times and that's when I said no we are not going to trust Sonny Gray because he does not have a success 
with fastballs. It has to be with at least the curveball. Kind of like with Kyle Bradish. Uh, he has to have both his curveball and his slider. That's the success mm-hmm. I believe in for Kyle Bradish. When he doesn't have both, we don't see success. And Sonny Gray, it's more dependable. Like, okay, yeah, I can believe that he has his curveball and hopefully he has his cutter and or slider too. Yeah. Um, we've seen that so far. That's why it's been good. It's not sustainable. Honestly, I'm all for selling high on Sonny Gray. Hmm. Uh, depends on how high it is. Uh, if people are trading him as a top 15 starter, absolutely. If you're saying that he's, you know, I, I have him inside the top 30, I wouldn't be surprised if he settles to be like around number 40. Hmm. And if you can get something that's a very solid upgrade to your offense um, at this point, it's like, oh, man, you have a big need and you're going to get like a relative like fifth or sixth round uh, hitter at that spot. I'd do that. Um, And I'd cash out that way. By the way, always with trades, you never do the same player for the same position. Hmm. Like um, like pitcher to pitcher. No, no, no. That's not how you do trades. You always got to change the currency and muddy the waters. Hmm. So you go pitcher to hitter. And then you go hitter to pitcher. That's the only way to do it fast. What about so reliever? Both trades. Yeah, reliever, fine, whatever. R- reliever to pitcher? They don't exist. Hmm. <laughs> Relievers. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, the other person that we should hit on in this tier is, is uh, the the largest follower, number 36, Nick Lodolo. You know, obviously hot start against Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Another good start against Philadelphia. And then really, really, really poor starts against Tampa Bay and Texas. This weekend... Sunday, Oakland Sunday. in Oakland. <laughs> yeah, it felt like that. He he. That I think is going to be a really really big test if he struggles at all. I, I, I mean, okay, all right. It has not looked good, man. Want to know the two teams he faced in those bad starts? Yeah, Texas and Tampa Bay. Do you know what WRC plus they have this year? Yes, they're they're both top ten. Tampa Bay leads all of baseball, uh, and Texas one is top and two. 10. Really? Was Texas last two? time I checked? It was yeah, one and two. Last time I checked, at least when I wrote that roundup, I believe for for Lodol, that was the case. Um, look, I, I was just talking about how guys are just not going to do well, and you're like, ah, oh, whatever. The game mm-hmm. against Tampa Bay fastball command was worse. It that yeah. was like, okay, you were a bit lost. Texas not as lost, and it just didn't really work out for him there. I don't think Nick Lodolo is like broken or like, oh no, woe is me. Uh, business is bad. Right. Like this is not the case here. That's a big fat Greek wedding reference. Shout mm-hmm. out to everyone that got that one. And yeah, Lodolo is going to be great against Oakland. I'm super in on that. You know, there was a, of course, our friends at In the Deep, which of course you're listening to if you're listening to this podcast. How could you not? The one of the best uh, deep league uh, baseball podcasts out there with uh, Chris Weber and Jordan White. Uh, they have, they were tweeting back and forth, what if, Nick Lodolo is just Andrew Heaney. And mm. I understand that comp because uh, I might I might think I may have made that before back in the day as a lefty that's low right, arm angle with that breaking ball and fastball that is effective up. Um, I think he's a better version of it. And uh, I think the fastball, I think the curveball performs better than any secondary pitch that Heaney has and still has just as good fastball. So I'm in. I think he's going to be not as much of a cherry bomb as Andrew Heaney is moving forward. Yeah, I believe it was our good old friend Alex Chamberlain, too, who pointed out that Nick Lodolo's BABIP has just been absolute. Yeah, it's a 471. Yeah. It's a 471 oh, BABIP. Oh, fast. I can't believe you right now. What? You just exposed yourself. Why? You're using fan graphs again. 
I, I don't even know where to find the Babbitt on our on our, on our site. <laughs> it's I have about it's I, a, it's right there. Oh, we know this because yeah, because I actually looked into this. I was like, why is our Babbitt? Because I because I saw that, that is from, weird from Chamberlain. I was like, why is that different? And we were like, are we wrong? Are they wrong? MLB has it at four seventy eight. Why is Fangraphs so to four? So I'm I'm wondering. My guess when I saw this, I sent it to our data team. I was like, okay, my guess is that there must have been some, uh, some like strikeout violent pitch violation or something like that oh. that did this. Maybe an error that wasn't done. It's, there's, it's just one event, likely. Yeah, yeah. In some way is messing this up. I don't know what it is. That's very uh, interesting. Maybe it was inside the park home run or something like that. Like home runs get eliminated or not. Um, regardless, he's been super unlucky, and we know that's not sustainable. You think that Nicol Dolo is going to have a 14 hit per nine this year? No. <laughs> I mean, you could also look at like the, the, the 423 Woba compared to the 325 X Woba. The what is it, 370 average against compared to a 240 yeah. expected batting average. It's just all there. Yeah. It's all there. Um, we, we, we got to keep moving because we got so many pictures to talk about. And I, I, what? I, I know 20 tier tier five here, 37 through 43, Chris Bassett, Lucas Giolito, Grayson Rodriguez, Jordan Montgomery, Nathan Eovaldi, Andrew Keeney, and Mason Miller. What's it called? And why is it called that? I want to go with Brian Cranston because it's going to be one of those where it's me older and it's, it's him looking back like, Oh yes. Yes. I, I did that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> now I, I'm, I'm a little bit curious about the, Nathan Eovaldi jumping up 16 because it was a good start against Cincinnati in Cincy. Seven Ks, three earned runs, six innings pitched. But it's not like the velocity was 96. It was still oh, 95. Yeah. A common a common mistake when reading the list mm -hmm. because you're just looking at the numbers and not the context of the list. You oh, brought them into a new tier? Right. So I have tier five, tier six, tier seven, tier eight here. And I, I want to make it very clear what these are. Um, I think it's actually tier five is easier explained if I go after the other ones first. Tier six are the guys that we inherently know are better than they have been. Hmm. We know this. Tier seven are the really fun, like, I I hope to be really pushing them up further, but I just can't. I can't say that all of these are definitely better than those guys that I know should be better. Like, I see tier six on the same level as like a prospect pitcher of where we have forget everything that you know about mattresses, right? <laughs> I'm sorry for, for that. You've seen from the beginning of the season thus far. Yeah. Okay. And just think as of right now, equate it to a prospect coming up. What are these guys ceilings? Well, yeah, these are massive. So I would rather go for this. And there is some dependability and opportunity for them to achieve that. That's kind of how okay. I'm seeing it. And then tier eight are your stable guys are like, are like, sure. Yeah, this is fine, but not really like that dependable. You feel they're more um, expendable to be thrown back to the wire for like the tier seven, tier six guys. So the, anyone that's left in, in that, like I still want is then in tier five. So I had to shove them up. And that's why Nathan Evaldi, I'm just like, look, I can't give up Nathan Evaldi right now. Nathan Evaldi is really good. I think what he does is solid. Yeah, he got beat up uh, in a start, and like it's fine. Like I don't really think that he's bad. Uh, his velocity has been there for the most part. It was ninety five and change, which is like eh, it's getting closer to ninety four, but that's okay. 
It'll mm. be back to 96, I'm sure. I'm sure you're going to trend back up soon. Like, he's good. And he's playing for an offense that actually is good. So, when chances are there, he gets to go six innings constantly. He's going to go about a strikeout per inning. I'm in. This is good. He doesn't walk, guys. That's why you're at 41 now. Nathan Evald, okay. welcome. What about so? What about Jordan Montgomery? Because he he rises six. He's coming off you same know he had the dud. Same idea. Okay. It's, a, it's now, the same concept here with Nathan Evaldi, Jordan Montgomery. Um, I'd say like Chris Bassett's the same kind of thing. Like he got himself out of tier six. He looks like the same one. Get rid of the nine inning run. Sorry, it doesn't matter for the list. It's all done. That's in the past. Who cares? Who so cares? it's about the future. Sit or start Jordan Montgomery against the Dodgers on Saturday. Ah. That's my answer. <laughs> he's gonna be in. The, I think he's gonna be in the probable start, but the bottom okay. of it. But I mean, that's not auto start. But yeah. I think in more cases, I am going to start Jordan Montgomery there. Okay, Dodgers aren't like elite right now. No, yeah, definitely not. And half of their players are on paternity leave, so it, it, it oh, might be. Oh, we're going to be another podcast that uh, that mentions yeah, that breaks that up. I know you have to. You can't be Thanks a baseball fast. podcast unless you talk about it. Sorry. No. Um, okay. Yeah. And then there's there's someone named uh, Mason Miller here. Yeah, the M and M's. So, so what are what are we thinking yeah. here? Well, I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know if you saw my tweet fast about like I put out the list, and yep. then you got all the text like 30, 30 minutes. I get all these DMs and everything being pretty much everyone's like, I can't believe you've done this. You know, it's which yeah, is yeah. one of my favorite. Like there is a uh, there is a YouTube compilation oh of like haikus. Uh huh. Okay. And it has these like these 15 second clips. And there are like, three of them that are just it is amazing. They're like my it's like my favorite video on YouTube, like these three things. It's just like these compilations of them. That one's on there. And it's just so anyway, what I was thinking was um, Mason Miller is really, really good. Uh, I there are rare times that I see a prospect pitcher and I just think, yep, this is this is fantastic. I know there are things he needs to work on. Uh, slider to be a dependable offering. Yes. I think the cutter should be the number two. And I think it will be the slider is going to be more of the number three mm-hmm. um, big whiff possibility with it. He also froze guys with it. His fastball is insane. It is such a good heater. He overthrew it. I think against the angels. Also that first inning that Mason Miller had, this is after the fact of me doing the list here. Um, that first inning he got, he threw three strikes that were called balls against Anthony Rendon. Mm-hmm. And it was also in the most insane fashion. Did you, you must have watched this inning. Uh, no, I actually didn't. So I, wasn't, I wasn't able to see his start. So it oh, work. my gosh. Anthony Rendon t- takes a fastball up. It's right at the top of the zone. It's in the box, everything, called a ball. Mason Miller then throws a low fastball, still middle, that's Ugh. inside the box, and it's called a ball. And it's like, blue. Yeah. Which one? Make up your mind. Yeah. Which one? And it's the worst feeling as a pitcher. Yeah. Because you feel like you don't, you don't, we see the, the, like the, the, the space between those things, the space between, but as a pitcher, it's just one spot now down the middle. Mm -hmm. That's the only place that's a strike zone now. It's a horrible feeling. Yeah. And so, so he walks Rendon. This is with two outs, mind you. Uh, he walks around down to three, two when it should have been like strike six. Um, and then a single to center that Ruiz like runs the opposite direction and then dives and it goes behind him for a triple now. Like, <laughs> I, I still don't. That's another rant about like how errors 
can't exist if they on the pitch and Paul's like this, like misplaying in the outfield where you don't touch the ball. It can't be an error. And I've never understood this. Yeah. Like everyone it's, watching this knows, knows that's an yeah. error. Yeah. How is this not scored as an error? A guy loses the ball in the sun. How is that not an error? It, it, it boggles the mind. It's fine. It's not, but whatever. <laughs> so Mason Miller has this terrible, no good, horrible day uh, in yeah. that first inning. And he recovers. And he throws three innings. And I, I, I've i gotten a lot of questions about Mason Miller's longevity for the year. That's really been one of the biggest pushbacks I've seen. How can you rank him this highly? Because we don't expect him to go more than 80 innings, 100 innings. And you see how the Oakland's treating him at four innings and he's done. And I go, what are you talking about? First, I'm, I'm rambling so much fast and interject me at any time here. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm letting you go through that. I have some counterpoints, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I I am I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, the first thing is that generally when a guy comes up and he doesn't really have any track record, let's say it's injury, let's say it's quick through the minors, whatever, it's not 80 innings. You have to you have to get innings. You can't just not do this. And 120 is generally what that number is. We saw mm-hmm. that from Shane McClanahan. We saw that sure. from Malcolm Noah. That is what we should anticipate. If you're going to say he only gets pulled after four innings, he threw 86 pitches. He didn't throw like 70 and get the hook or 75 through 86. You can say that's inefficiency. I can say I agree for, for the most part that he was inefficient, but also that horrible first inning pushed his pitch count above 30 for that first inning that went on far longer than it should have. Um, and the third point I'm going to make here is that Mason Miller is just so dang good. It is not a Matt Brash situation. Matt Brash had no idea where anything was ever going. Mm-hmm. And he had a bad fastball that was hittable, which is a major difference when you don't know sure. where the pitch is going. If you have a four-seamer, that I don't think is like a complete blind command thing. I actually watched a decent amount. and was like, oh, you know what? This is He's actually getting better at this. He also lowered his velocity to then ramp it up as opposed to always being at 100. He came out in the second, third, fourth, was going 96, 97, and then pushed it to 99, 100 when he needed to. Which is like, mm-hmm. that's how you should be pitching. Because at 96, you're still an elite fastball. So I think that Mason Miller just gets better moving forward is my point. He has this amazing foundation. And I looked at this and I saw tier six is the same idea, right? Lance Lynn, Charlie Morin, Blake Snell, Chris Sale, Dustin May. They all are these potential, like I expect them moving forward to be better, mm-hmm. right? And at this moment, I'm like, Mason Miller is the truth, <laughs> Mason Miller is like, I, I I am going to, I'm putting my gut in here of me looking at him, scouting and all this stuff being like, I don't, I don't care what these two starts will tell you about XFIP and, you know, all hard contact rate and all that kind of stuff. I don't treat that as who we'll see moving forward. Sure. I see this unreal potential and I went for it. Now, an argument can be made that I should have put him underneath, say, Justin Steele. And honestly... I, I think that's kind of right in retrospect, and that's fine. But the reason why he's at 43 is because I wanted to push him over that tier six tier, and that was a major decision. So really, if you're upset with it, think of it like Hunt, um, Mason Miller versus Hunter Brown versus Justin Steele. And yeah. that that's where I'm going to leave it. Go ahead fast. 
Well, that, yeah, that was kind of my first argument was you already talked about what tier seven looked like with these kind of high end prospect guys who are super exciting. So to me, he fits perfectly into that tier. There's he should yeah, lead to me, that it, tier. It was that Mason Miller's just better. Is he? Yeah. Is he better than Hunter Brown? I Yeah, I think the ceiling's higher. Is he better than from what you saw today from Tanner Bibby? Like, I don't know. Tanner I didn't. Bibby, I, first of all, I didn't know anything about I didn't know what I would see from Tanner Bibby, uh, Bibby today. Uh, Bibby, I think it's Bibby. Is it a uh, Bibby? No, I keep forgetting what the right one is because I kept hearing Bibby, it's and you're right. Bibby is wrong. It's yeah, Bibby. You're right. Because you bi. want him. Just you yeah. want, or you, or you want to send him away. Just make up your mind. It's that. I kept thinking bi- of NSYNC. <laughs> I kept thinking of NSYNC. The other thing, the other kind of points too are he's he could be a part of a six man rotation because Drew Rosinski is coming back and is going to be slotted into that rotation, and they already got rid of Shintaro Fujinami. So yeah. it's Kyle Muller, Ken Waldachuk, Mason Miller, Luis Medina, who they called up, who's a top prospect. Yeah, of theirs, I watched them and JP Sears. Uh, I hope he gets in the innings, Medina. Uh, he I. Uh, he's as command problems slider. Curveball didn't know where it was going. Slider he showed a couple times, eh, not that exciting. And the the fastball is good, but it doesn't look like it's an overpowering swing and miss. This one, I think, I mean, just from watching, it looked like it was more of a two seam action, but it could have been the camera angle and not the like, oh, you are going to struggle massively to hit this like Mason Miller's. Um, My point is, though, is that if if he is a part of a six man rotation and he's a once a week pitcher for you for the foreseeable future, that's difficult. Right? No, it's not difficult for me because. Oh, I disagree. Uh, no, 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 no. Hundred twenty innings. So that will mean that I'll get this. I'll like to me that means there's more. I don't know. I, he won't be a hipster, and the hipster is someone that like oh. goes up and down. He like doesn't. I uh, like he gets skipped this week. Does not. At least we have like consistency with when Mason Miller's pitching. That to me is a positive. And I understand you I, want the two start weeks and you don't get them. There's that. And, and that I don't know if there is consistency. You, that's fine. So wait, because even in a six man rotation, there isn't consistency. You're saying, I mean, I thought he was scheduled to kind of go on Sunday and now they're like, mm, now it's going to be Drew Rosinski. So we're going to push everything back and you're actually going to go next Tuesday. Yep. I understand that. But I mean, like, I just didn't want it to be you're getting skipped this week or like, OK, now you're back down sure. to minors. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. At least like, I don't it's like necess- all right, once a week. Fine. Unless they decide, unless there's always the possibility too that they're like 60 innings in and they're like, you know what, you're going down, you're spending four weeks down for the All Star break, and then we're bringing you back up and it's you can round up. Possible. Yeah. So I, I think, and then also there's the fact that like if he is a one start a week pitcher and he does have another kind of cherry bomb experience where he gets blown up that one week. Mm-hmm. That's that's difficult. That that does not benefit your fantasy team to have one person do that. And here's the thing too, I agree. That Mason Miller's electric. Like I watched that first start. I I roster him in my you know dynasty hometown league. I love what I'm seeing. The thing about 43 is I don't know if it bakes in any of the. He is a 15 year old pitcher <laughs> who has you know thrown two games and he's could be right actually. Just so you know, so, so that, oh he's a little bit older. That makes for, me that makes me more inclined that they go okay. We're not going to just completely baby you like a 22 year old or something that we've seen in the past from these guys. And mm-hmm. you make a very good point about this. I, I as far as my messaging to everybody in 12 teamers, if you look at the landscape here, uh, and why like if you look at ten, uh, tier seven, that's why Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee and and. Hunter Brown and Garrett Whitlock and Tony Gonson are all in tier seven because that's the cliff. That's the point. I say like your worst pitcher should be subbed in with these guys instead. 
And it's why, really, if you want to say the case is Mason Miller should be there at like 50, essentially at 50 instead of 43. Sure. Go ahead. Like, I, I don't really have any problem with that. Um, and that's really the messaging I'm trying to give here. It's because you see the number 43 seems so aggressive, but then you realize there are all these guys in the IL and everything mm-hmm. else that are removed. You know, you know, rest in peace, uh, Robbie Ray, you know, and Ugh. it's... And then you realize, like, oh, right, this isn't a preseason ranking. This is, like, right now at this moment ranking. And at this moment, it was like, yeah, I want to be aggressive in my 12-teamers for Mason Miller because I do feel he is going to be that impact player. I could be very wrong on this. But this is this is part of, of my system of, like, go and take that chance on this guy because I think that his his skill set speaks to being more electric and more impactful for your fantasy leagues than others. And I know we spent so much time in Mason Lane. We got to move on and we're going to do so after this break. All right, we're back here. Nick and I were just kind of talking in the break. This it's going to be a little bit of a different podcast, but I think it's kind of cool. I dig it. We're we're obviously we're not going to get to all 100 pitchers here because we're already relatively late. But we at least wanted to give you guys the experience of like that's how Nick and I would probably chat about a pitcher if we weren't even recording, right? So recording. (laughs) Oh my god! Uh, I hope you like that experience. Let's move to tier six though. 44 through 48. Lance Lynn, Charlie Morton, Blake Snell, Chris Sale, Dustin May. What's it called? Why is it called that? Um. Oh man. I uh, I forgot that we had this theme. Okay. This is this is the Eddie Redmayne one. Okay. And it's like it's like if he he's like the backup, but he's like, but he's not as tall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, but this will work, you know. Just like don't worry about that stuff. This is gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. The, mm. He has a great track record. And you're like, all right. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I see it. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, you know, Blake Snow, we talked about a bit. You know, obviously, it's like when when the when the breakers click, it's going to be beautiful. Once it clicks, it'll be it'll be great. I want to talk a little bit about Chris Sale, who showed us both the yeah, know, floor right? and the ceiling in a span of a week. Right, going from like what eleven Ks against the Minnesota Twins to recording no strikeouts. Does through... this have central heating? <laughs> it's, it's like it's it's unbelievable. So what are you even what are you even doing with Chris Sale here, uh, guys? I I I believe in uh, in Lancelin. I believe in Chris Sale. Um, I believe in Trey Morton. I believe in Blake Snell. Like you've gone through the the trenches at this point like you keep going i don't think chris sale is so far from being being a terror of being an amazing pitcher his luck has been the worst like the worst in the majors lance lynn has been pitching much better than the lines suggest um dustin may i'm actually like a little weirded out on and i think there's a more growth to be had um than the others in this tier like the other ones have more just clear like yeah they'll be fine um dustin may i'm like yeah I uh, and I don't know if he's going to get the secondary whiffs, but honestly, I feel like if you have Chris Sale, if you have Lance Lynn, like you hold, I would buy low. Um, and the thing is, a good buy low is when they're actually low. Um, and I'm doing that, so I'm in. Okay. Um, let's move on to the next year. Thanks, just plenty of great guys to talk about. It's tier seven, 49 through 54, Hunter Brown, Justin Steele. Steel, Logan Allen, Tanner Bybee, Tony Gonsolin, and Garrett Whitlock. What's it called and why is it called that? This is Tom Holland because it's all fun. <laughs> okay. It's all good. fun. I would love, man, if Tom Holland did, did my biopic. Oh my gosh. That'd be the, the best. Oh, the best. Love the did I just watch Uncharted? No. Why are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> um, I 
I'm not, I actually don't want to talk about Tanner Bybee because I know you're going to talk about him in the Plus Pitch podcast tomorrow and you're going to have a really mm-hmm. great breakdown of that and I want to drive ears to that. Not that it needs sure. the help, but you should do that. There's going yeah. to be an in-depth breakdown there. Let's hear your breakdown instead on Logan Allen who beats out Tanner Bybee. Knowing what you know now, would that still be the case? That's no. the first thing we should talk about. Okay, no. And then what are your thoughts on Logan Allen moving forward? I think Logan Allen's really good. Um, I was impressed that he didn't have success. It wasn't the slider, actually. It was the the, the changeup, uh, or rather, I think it was a splitter uh, that did well in that uh, debut for Logan Allen. And fastball command's good. I mean, I think he's a very solid pitcher. I don't think he's what what was it, eight strikeouts. I don't think that's what we should expect from Logan Allen. Um, but I think he's a he's a well polished pitcher. And from the left side is very exciting. Also, sliders to lefties are those are just going to be devastating uh, consistently as well. He's good. Uh, the biggest problem for the Guardians are what happens when McKenzie comes back and Savali comes back, and they have too many here. There's also Kevin Williams in the in the wings. Mm. Do they just get rid of Plesac at some point? I mean, I don't really know what what happens. Do they get rid of Cal Quantrill? Has become so so Cal again. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as he Probably. traded back to San Diego, right? Um, I don't know. And that's that's the hardest part about it is someone's going to have to get removed. I don't really know who it is at this point. I think Tanner Bybee is the better pitcher, though. I was yeah. really impressed by this today. Um, don't get into uh, it. I know. Why? Well, well, this is coming out after the plus. We're just going to be like right at the same time. So whatever. It's fine. No, it's just because um, we have so many other pitchers to talk about. Yeah, I know. That's fair. The other ones that are interesting this, I'm falling for Justin Steele a bit. The fastball command has been really good, and that's why he has low hard contact rates. Actually, the slider hasn't been as good the last two starts. Uh, I'm, I'm curious if that will catch up or not. And Hunter Brown is going the Lance McCullers route of like 30% fastballs, and I love that. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of it. Garrett Woodlock is a little disappointing in his last start. I think he's still really good with sinker command and sliders and changeups. Changeup hasn't quite been there yet. And Tony Gonsolin, he pitched today. He's back. Let's, uh, I, ho- I hope to see him stretched out and be good. Let's move on to our next tier then. Tier 8, 55 through 64. Marcus Stroman, Alex Cobb, Kenta Maeda, Jack Flaherty, Eduardo Rodriguez, Graham Ashcraft, Luis Garcia, Tyler Molly at 62, Brady Singer at 63, and rounding out the tier at number 64. Kodai Senga, what's it called and why is it called that? It's Tom Hanks. You know, because like if you just want something that's well rounded, has a large range, <laughs> you go for Tom Hanks. Yeah, I love. I I'm so excited for where we're going after this. Uh, we have to talk about the largest riser in the list this week. It's Eduardo Rodriguez coming off just two dominant starts, right? Um, the uh, the most recent one was against uh, an Orioles team that was scuffling a little bit offensively, but I don't want to take anything away from him. I mean, it, he was he was perfect through like six and a third. And then before that was the Guardians, which was, I believe, game two of a doubleheader. But this is a guy who has now walked uh, just one in his past like 20 innings. <laughs> like yeah. his strikeout to walk ratio in his past 20 innings is 19 to one. He's mm. given up no word runs in his past two starts. Uh, he's just kind of, you know, dealing on all cylinders. And it's funny. I think I talked a little bit about this in the, in the plus pitch podcast. Look at you. Uh, Erod. <laughs> say that again. <laughs> yeah. So I do miss it. I really do. Erod. <laughs> Erod has these stretches, right? Do you remember? I think it was like two or three seasons ago where his second half, he just like, dominated right isn't that what it oh, was yeah like it was half. uh 2021 when he had like a 437 era and then last like six weeks 
of the year he had like two runs allowed to brought his ERA down to like three eight. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's been so like this isn't a surprise, right? This isn't this isn't a guy who is not he's historically done this before. And what I also kind of mentioned was like we were all kind of foaming at the mouth to get him outside of Fenway and put him in a better pitcher's park, and then you know last year was just all over the place with him missing so much time and now here he is he's he cannot be this obviously is this he the, the this first the narrative that i was talking about in the preseason as a sleeper for edward rodriguez is like well we expected him to do something last year and like this time sure. last year and then he had a lost season like what maybe he does it yeah. again i'm with the, you uh, well i don't know if he's gonna do it because he only has a 9.5% swing strike rate on his four-seamer right now. It's not the 15.5% we saw in 2021. Uh, I think he's it's worked out well for him. He's had good command in that start against your O's. Uh, Changeup was down. Cutters did the right thing. Fastball snuck into the zone well. The game against Cleveland, that wasn't pretty. I, I don't know. It wasn't like this, oh my gosh, look at him go. It, it just kind of worked. And I was like, okay, like he got the two strikes and made the pitch that he needed to make. But getting to two strikes was kind of hard um, or like it shouldn't have been that easy for him is what I should say. Um, I'm not sold that Eduardo is like this dependable thing. Otherwise, he would be in what tier five in this in the Brian Cranston tier. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I but I mean, I I'm OK with it right now. And I feel like he should be with Marcus Stroman and company. Right. So. So that's why I brought him up to 59, but I wouldn't be running to the wire being like, oh, Eduardo is going to save my season. I don't I don't buy that. The third highest riser is also in this tier, and that is Luis Garcia. We, ta- we hinted a little bit about how perhaps the pitch clock benefiting him, but it seems, according to you, like it's even more than that. Do you know the biggest change that Luis Garcia has made? Do you know this? the fact that he's entirely changed his mechanics? Probably. <laughs> no, 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 no. no? That's not it. Fast. What is it? Oh, come on. All right. Uh, last year, uh, his fastball usage was 30% four-seamers. Mm. Uh, and this year, it's down to 20%. He's doing the, like... I actually asked him on the roundup, I think three roundups ago. I was like, oh, my God, what are you doing? You just went uh, 41% fastballs, and it's driving me nuts. You should be, like, a 25% fastball guy. Yeah. Like I even quoted it. Why can't he do the whole 25% fastball thing? He should be doing that. His next start against Toronto, where he has nine strikeouts, one walk, zero and runs, and seven innings, two hits, 23% fastballs. Mm. <laughs> 55% cutters. Sure, they had 19 whiffs. All right, fine. Let's see how he does when he only gets seven whiffs on it. 19.6% fastballs. And that's what he did against Tampa Bay. He took down Toronto and Tampa Bay yeah. while throwing about 20% four seamers. What do you know? Yeah. That that's that, that's that's it. That that's yeah. really exciting to me. That's a legitimate change that is showing success. Now, he needed to have really good cutter command, even though he didn't get 19 whiffs. It was seven. Locations were excellent on that cutter and allowed him to not utilize the fastball to get those strikes. Right. So I care about strike rate fast. I do. I do a lot. I know Showcases you do. This is the story. So that's really exciting from from Luis Garcia. Now it's two starts, two games. So I don't know. If that's you know everything, but against but I'm in. You know I'm what's really impressive too about that cutter is I mean aside the fact that it's got the third best swinging strike rate in baseball at 25, percent which is 25. unbelievable <laughs> considering he uses it 43. 25. 
Yeah. <laughs> Chunky 25. Um, <laughs> what's amazing is if you look at the strike zone plot at his start against Toronto, when you look at the strike zone plot and his start against Tampa Bay, just him, you, you could clearly see like, okay, I'm going down and away with my cutter against yeah, Toronto and he good. executes. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to elevate this cutter and come into the hands a little bit more mm. against Tampa Bay. And it's like, that's unreal. Like that is yeah. amazing command to be able to do that. What's even crazier is that if you look at everything else, it's like, I don't know what's going on with these. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, sure, here's yeah. a few change-ups. It doesn't really whatever. matter. Yeah. But yeah, it, as long as those are working, then great. Great. And not relying on the fastball for this stuff. Strike rates in those two games are both at 69%, which is wonderful. Not any other word, just wonderful. And it's good to see that for Luis Garcia. I hope it continues. We're going to go. We're gonna breeze through these next couple ones. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Tier 9, 65 through 70, Seth Lugo, Patrick Sandoval, Zach Eflin, Kyle Wright, Stephen Matz, John Gray. What's it called and why is it called that? Um, J.K. Simmons. Okay. Uh, because why? you're going to be yelling a lot. <laughs> okay. Uh, you get one person. Pick your one. I get my one? Yep. Um, there really isn't much interest here. I, I say John Gray is falling because his fastball is not the velocity where it should be and i think that his slider isn't excellent at the moment and it just feels very tenuous and i would sell high okay um tier 10 71 through 82 drew smiley hayden wasneski vince velasquez 74 is matthew boyd then we have mackenzie gore at 75 johan oviedo Griffin Canning, number 78 is mitch keller bryce elder jp sears kyle bradish and number 82 Tyler Wells, what's it called and why is it called that? Emma Stone. <laughs> why? Because it's the role of a lifetime. Okay. You know? Oh, good. Love that. <laughs> Big fan of that. Great, great reason. <laughs> I'm giving you two and I'm choosing them this time and then I'll let you okay. choose the next year. Um, the, it, it's not just because it's an Oriole. It's because it's the second largest riser in the in the list in Tyler Wells uh -huh. and also yeah. Vince Velasquez unranked up to seven. Sure. So I also do need to mention that um, I accidentally... The two okay, so so in case you guys didn't notice, I had Nick Martinez in here without realizing that he had been demoted to the bullpen, which is so dumb. He just went seven innings shutout, like yeah, bullpen. What is going sure. on in California? So I had to remove him and put in Marco Gonzalez, but then I realized that I had forgotten JP Sears, so I removed Marco. <laughs> he was there for like a moment. It was like a drive-by list, and I put JP Sears in eighty. If you're listening to it now, I'm like, wait, I didn't see JP Sears before. I edited it, put it in the notes. I apologize. Blame the painkillers. Okay. So Tyler Wells, I, I don't really think that he's elite. I think the fastball is still gets it too hard um, at 30% hard contact this far, but he has gone with it. And I love the fact that he's focusing on elevating it. Mm. And it just does set up everything just nicely. It, it's fine. He gets a ton of strikes on this cutter. My gosh, 85% yeah. strike rate, but it's a 40% CSW on it. Um, and the changeup does get whiffs 22% uh, swing strike rate on that. It's 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 good as a Toby, and he has a decent schedule moving forward. So I was like, you know what, Tyler Wells, I'm down to streaming. You, you just got the Tigers. You did well. You did what you're supposed to do. You belong here with these other guys. I don't really think there's going to be much uh, of an acceleration up the list here. But as we're at 80 or so, you're going to see these wonky numbers all the time. Essentially, tier 11 is just like, I don't really want these guys. And tier 12 is like, I really don't want these guys. So tier 10 is like, cool. I can see myself streaming Tyler Wells. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, I dig that. And Brash needs to throw both curveball and slider. Velasquez. Um, Velasquez. Velasquez is 
just like before, forget everything you know about mattresses. I uh, do you know what Velasquez does with his repertoire these days? Uh, gets Off good results. Do you, what do you okay stop stop don't look it up put hands show me your hands okay what does vince velasquez do what is his approach uh he throws a ball i have no oh idea oh my gosh we don't have you, time for this what is what is velasquez's back, approach you don't remember okay he used to be no. like the four seamer guy it was always four seamer four seamer four seamer this year he's 50 50 slider four seamer he's like mm. extreme slider all of a sudden he mm. threw 49 percent of them on sunday against cincinnati he threw 42% mm, in the cores. He threw 35% against the Cardinals. And like, wait a second. You're thinking, Vince Vasquez doesn't have a good slider. Well, it's a 34% CSW with a 66% strike rate thus far with a 14% hard contact rate. 32% rate, 45% zone rate. Yeah, it works and allows a four-seamer to do its normal thing, hopefully at the top of the zone. But it does miss bats. Uh, it has in the past and has made this year. But I think that paired with the slider is working. So that's three straight starts of this, and he gets another good start ahead. So like, all right, okay, Vince Velasquez, we can work with this. Mm. This ain't so bad. All right. Um, the last thing I will say about this tier is, remember what I said about JP Sears this offseason? Um, Look, are you going to tell me they had a new, uh, not just a new slider, but also an improved fastball? You, you I said that? don't don't sit out JP Sears. I said I was excited about him. I was excited. I was excited about JP Sears for two years. But then again, we're talking about JP Sears. It's not like I'm taking right. a victory lap at a guy yeah, who's still yeah. going to end um, the year with like a four way, ERA. People are probably wondering, you want Aviedo? Like, why don't you love him more? Um, because I worry about the fastball command too much, and I think the slider and the curveball are not well commanded. It's gone well for him thus far, but I think he's going to get punished. Okay, uh, tier eleven. 83, Kyle Gibson, then Edward Cabrera, Jose Barrios, Jose Arquiti, Domingo Herman, Peyton Battenfield, Tony Disco, Anthony Discofani, number 90 is Tyler McGill, then Wade Miley, Josiah Gray, Ryan Nelson, Michael Kopech, and number 95, Yusei Kikuchi. What's it called and why is it called that? Uh, it's Hugh Jackman. Jackman? Um, just in case there's a like, musical number? Yeah, you need, you, just just for, it's got a little bit of everything, but a lot of people were like, mm, this wasn't the right call. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Perfect. Now, all right, you get to choose one, but we do need to hear your thoughts about this Jose Barrios resurgence. I mean, come on. He's the great undulator for a reason. You can't be terribly terrible the entire time to be the great undulator. When he had that really good start against the White Sox, it's mostly the White Sox. He had three whiffs on his curveball and had a <laughs> sub 50% strike rate on it. You think that's Ugh. real? Do you think? No. It's <laughs> he screams not. into the void. Do you it's think not. that's real? Do you think that's real? Um, Josiah Gray is a really interesting one. Uh, he just demol- demolished the Mets last night, 10 strikeouts. Uh, the problem here is that it was with his best version of his four-seamer, and I don't believe that his four-seamer is the real ticket to success. It was over 40% usage on that, did really well, and that felt like an anomaly of a start. If I, I was believing more in Josiah Gray when it was a cutter focus with really sliders and curveballs dominating. And we haven't seen it all come together yet. I don't think we are right now. So I'm still okay. kind of out on Josiah Graham. I'm, I'm, I would lift him up into tier 10 after last night's game, but I'm still questioning it. The final tier, tier 12, 96 through 100, Martin Perez, Tyler Anderson, Merrill Kelly, Noah Syndergaard, and Matt Strom. What's it called and why is it called that? Oh, man. The guy who played Toby. <laughs> <laughs> 
How perfect. How perfect. Absolutely uh, love that. You know, he's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm next. Let's end on the positive note. Wait, then, actually, I can't take that back. I have a better Sure. One. Rewind. Rewind. Yancey Eden. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> because it, it 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 would just it we would all enjoy it, but we're all like we, we this can't go on forever. <laughs> you hear that, Yancey? You can't go on forever. No, as in like uh, <laughs> you can't be an actor forever. But this is a good this is a good part for you, buddy. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about <laughs> end of the positive note here. And Matt Strom, who you know, great start against the Rockies, right? Uh, he gets the the I think he got the um, the what's it called the King Cole, um, which is very impressive. Eleven um, K is overall. Is he is he like he's still lined up to get some starts? I think that he's going uh, tomorrow against uh, the Mariners. So end on a positive note. Matt Strom, number one hundred. I was amazed that he had 82 pitches in this one as he went 11 strikeouts. It was an anomaly. His curveball performed way better than it should. Don't buy into this. As much Uh as I really, really want to, you can't buy into Monster. That's how he had on a positive note. Love that. Uh, I mean, I'm starting to feel a little bit of pain in my gums now, so I... I got to pop more painkillers. All right. Listen, that is going to do it then for episode number 391 of On the Court at the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Oh, my God. Your gums are bleeding. (laughs) 